there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. Last Sunday, we were looking at what the presence of God can do, which is to demolish strongholds. Somebody say demolishing strongholds. Let me do a quick summary so we can pick up from where we left. We discovered that a stronghold is a belief that is strongly defended or upheld. These are arguments. Stronghold is an argument, or strongholds are arguments, lofty opinions and thoughts that are held in high esteem, yet they're in conflict with God's word. So when you have strongholds, you have all these opinions and arguments that are in conflict with God's word. You have a mindset that goes against, you know, what the word of God says. And they are firmly established in our heads. And we find ourselves defending them. We find ourselves clinging onto them uh, because we think or we believe that they are true. And then we looked at the raw materials that uh, bring about strongholds in our lives. And the first one was upbringing, how you were raised as, as a child can also form certain strongholds, you know, in your life. Your upbringing, the things that you saw as you were growing up, you know, what your parents told you, what your uncles told you, what your guardian told you, what your, um, your aunties told you can form certain uh, very strong strongholds in your mind. Uh, we also discovered that friends can introduce strongholds in our lives. A friend can introduce you to something that becomes difficult for you to break out of. A friend can introduce you to drinking. A friend can introduce you to drugs. A friend can introduce you to immorality. And you can struggle with it for many, many years. A friend can teach you how to smoke, and you can become a chain smoker. It becomes difficult for you to break out of uh, that stronghold. And then we also discover that what you hear consistently can also introduce um, strongholds in your life. What you hear, what you hear consistently, what you're told consistently, if you're told you're ugly consistently, you know, it establishes a very, very strong stronghold in your life. You know, there's a time a survey that uh, was, was, was done, you know, of, of, of ladies who have become prostitutes. And, and, and some of them could trace their, their inability to break out of prostitution to their father. For some of them, is because their father was not there, but for some of them, is because their father used to talk to them in a certain way. You see, when you are told something over and over and over again, it becomes a stronghold in your life. That's why you have to be careful what you tell your children. If you keep on telling your children you're a thief, or you'll be a thief, or if you tell your daughter you will sell beans, every time she does something bad, you tell her you will sell beans. When she grows up one day, she will start selling beans. So what you hear consistently will form a very 
um, nasty stronghold in your life. Amen. If you call your children, you prostitute, you prostitute, you prostitute, you prostitute. Let me tell you, they will become prostitutes. And it will be a stay. You're very quiet. Huh? You're very quiet. You're making me nervous. Huh? It's like you're shutting me down. I refuse to be shut down in the name of Jesus. What, what, what you keep on saying, what you keep on saying, and what you keep on hearing, you know, can become a stronghold in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. If you tell your child that he doesn't have a brain, he has porridge in his head, and you keep saying it over and over and over, that child will believe it. And that child will believe that they can never become anything. They will just know that there is, there is, there is porridge in, in between their ears. And so they will never be ambitious. They will never, you know, um, aspire to be successful in their lives because of what they have heard from you over a period of time. A nasty experience as well can introduce a stronghold in your life. If your heart has been broken so many times, it can introduce a stronghold of mistrust in your life. In other words, if, if somebody tries to love you, it becomes difficult because you treat everybody as a suspect. Amen? Kill that feedback a little bit. You, you, you treat everybody as a suspect because of what you have gone through. It has introduced a, a, a stronghold in, in your life. You don't trust anybody. You know, you don't trust your friends. You don't trust anyone that comes close to you because of a nasty experience that you went through. You, you have wounds, you know. You're so hurt that you can't embrace anyone that comes around you. Everybody is treated with a lot of suspicion. And then also cultural practices can introduce, you know, uh, strongholds in our lives. The things that we participate in our traditions. Jesus said that you have made the word of God of no effect because of your traditions, traditions of man. You know, and, and, and all of us come from tribes. We come from uh, tribes that have very interesting you know, traditions. Some traditions are very diabolic. Some traditions are very demonic. Some traditions open up your life to strongholds. You know, as you participate in them, you open up your life for the infiltration of demonic strongholds in your life and becomes difficult for you to be able to break out of those strongholds because some traditions have to do with the dead. They have to do with sacrifices. They have to do with, you know, um, uh, blood. There are some traditions which are very, very strong uh, because sacrifices are made, covenants are made, enchantments are made, words are spoken, you know, people cut themselves, blood gushes out of their bodies, you know, and, 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 and you see where blood is, where blood is, I'm telling you, those are very strong covenants. And so your heart or your life is opened up, you know, to these diabolic strongholds. Hallelujah. I pray that you may be free from all these strongholds in Jesus' name. I say, I pray that you may be free from these strongholds in Jesus' name. And we read a scripture that I want us to go there before I just pick up what I want to share today. Ezekiel chapter 38. Ezekiel chapter 
38, verse 19. Ezekiel chapter 38 and verse 19. If you, give me, if, if you can give me that scripture. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath, I have spoken. Surely in that day, there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. Verse 20. So that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. There is a shaking in God's presence. Strongholds do shake in the presence of God. Hallelujah. The mountains shall be thrown down. Look at that. The steep places shall fall. And every wall shall fall to the ground. They will fall because of what? Because of the presence of God. From this verse, we realize that there is no stronghold that cannot be shaken. There is no stronghold that cannot be demolished. The presence of God has so much power to uproot mountains, to uproot strongholds, to demolish strongholds that have been established in our lives. The presence of God, ladies and gentlemen, has so much capacity to be able to melt and destroy every stronghold that has been established in our lives. And I'm so glad that every time we come in church, every time we gather together, the Bible says, wherever two or three are gathered, I'm in that place. Jesus said, I am in this, I'm in that place. His presence is where his children have gathered. The presence of God is where we have gathered for prayer, for fellowship, for worship. That is where the presence of God is. And if the presence of God is there, as we gather and we bring all these strongholds that are bothering our lives into that place, the presence of God has the capacity to shake those strongholds and to destroy them. That's why you must always be in God's presence. Hallelujah. That's why you should crave being in the presence of God. You should fight to be in his presence. You should desire always to show up in the presence of God because the presence of God has the capacity to shake every stronghold in your life and to break it in the name of Jesus. As you have come this morning, may every stronghold that you know or you don't know may be shaken in the name of Jesus. May the mountain or may the stronghold that looks like a mountain, may it be uprooted out of your life this morning in the name of Jesus. May every wall that has been positioned in your life that looks like a stronghold, may it be demolished in the name of Jesus. Can I hear a louder amen in this house? And so what do we have in the presence of God that demolishes all this strongholds that we have seen in our lives. Number one, in the presence of the Lord, there is joy. In the presence of the Lord, there is joy. I have realized for the few years that I've lived here or not that there is a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness depends on circumstances, but joy is divine. And I've also realized that in this life, you can go through life or challenges in this life that will take away your joy. 
Being joyful is not automatic. Because you can face life, you can go through stuff, you can go through challenges that you have no reason to be joyful. Ladies and gentlemen, I've encountered people who have gone through hell. And when I talk about hell, they have really gone through hell until they are naturally sad. They have faced difficult times in their lives. I mean, if you sit down and listen to their story, you will even be surprised that they are alive what they have gone through, what they have faced, the challenges that they had to overcome, the challenges in their family, the challenges in their homes. I mean, the, the difficulties that they have gone through until it has kind of made them sad. They are naturally sad. Their faces are sad. They have nothing to be happy or to be joyful about. There are people because of the circumstances that they have gone through. I mean, they are just naturally angry. They are angry at everyone. They are angry at God. They are angry at anyone who comes close to them. And when you talk to them, you can tell that this is somebody that is nursing bitterness in their hearts. Life has been hard. Life has been difficult. Things are not, you know, working in their favor. No job, no money, no breakthrough. Business not doing well. Relationships not doing well. And, and, and you can see that it's a stronghold that has been established in this person's life. This last week I was in the hospital and let me tell you, I remember I saw a lady who came to the hospital and I could tell that that lady is a single lady and she was in this um, corridor and she had a child and I didn't, I, from, from what I gathered, I could tell that she, she doesn't even understand that she's dealing with a very serious problem in the life of her child. First of all, she couldn't even know where to start from. Where to start from as far as seeking for medical. She was just there hanging on the corridor at the hospital. She, she, she was so low, she was so sad, and she had an autistic child. And when I looked at her, she looked so young. I'm sure maybe the man who impregnated her took off. And she, 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 she looked like she didn't even understand what was going on. She didn't even know where to start. She has come to the hospital, but she doesn't even know where to start from. I, I, I looked at her and I said, oh my goodness. Look at such a girl. And she's so young. And she has an autistic child. But she doesn't even know she has an autistic child. Life can be something else. I mean, you can go through stuff until you wonder, why was I born? That's why some people commit suicide. Because they have never been happy in life. They don't know what happiness is. They don't know what joy is. Because of strongholds of problems and issues in their lives. You see, the Bible says in Psalm chapter 16 and verse 11, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Ladies and gentlemen, there is joy in the presence of God. And you see, sometimes all you need is joy even when your circumstance has not changed. Oh, yes. Sometimes all you need is joy even when your situation has not turned around. Because honestly speaking, life is real. I say life is real. Challenges are real. 
Difficulties are real. Problems are real. And, and sometimes they can be a strong, they can be, they can be like a stronghold in our lives. It's like this thing that is in your life and it has refused to go. The challenge has refused to go. The problem has refused to go. What will help you survive that stronghold is the joy of the Lord. Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. You will show me the path of life. There is a way out when you step into the presence of God. And that way begins with joy. Hallelujah. Look, we are not happy because all our problems have been solved. Okay, let me refresh. We are not joyful because all our problems have been resolved. We are joyful because we are in the presence of God. Oh, I wish I had a witness in this house. Yes, we are joyful because we are in the presence of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord keeps us going. The joy of the Lord strengthens us despite the challenges we are facing. The joy of the Lord is with us. It, 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 it invigorates our strength regardless of the problems and the challenges that we are facing. Can I hear an amen? amen. Some of you don't know you are sitting next to a miracle. You're sitting next to somebody who, 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 who the only thing they have is the joy of the Lord. I mean, life is not easy on them. Life is not easy in their family. But the only thing they're holding on to is the joy of the Lord. That's why I have to come into God's presence. Because out there it can be frustrating. It can be difficult. It can be challenging. But every time I step in the presence of God, the joy of the Lord keeps me going. Can I hear a louder amen in this house? Give somebody high five and tell them, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's my strength. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, the Bible says, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So when I feel tired, because of the challenge in my life, because of the problem in my life, because of the difficulty in my family, things are not working, money is not coming through. Oh, when I step into the presence of God, I'm refreshed. Hallelujah. I am refreshed. Receive a refreshing this morning for being in the presence of God. Hallelujah. The presence of God refreshes you more than alcohol. You see, there are people, because of the challenges, they decide to drink. They decide to smoke. They decide to do drugs so that they can forget about their problems. I don't want to forget about my problems. I need the joy of the Lord, which is my strength, to be able to deal with the challenges that I'm being faced with. Can I hear a louder amen in this house? This morning, may your soul be refreshed. May your heart be refreshed. As you step into the presence of God, may the joy of the Lord be your strength in Jesus' name. Somebody shout a louder, amen. amen. Sit down, number two. What do we get in the presence of God that helps us deal with stronghold is supernatural strength. Supernatural strength. There are things when you look at them, you might think they are natural, but they are not natural, they are spiritual. They are happenings. Sometimes when you look at them from a first value, you might think they are just natural, but they are not natural, they are supernatural. 
Can I go deeper? Every family has a weakness. Let me let that sink. I say every family has a weakness. Whether it's a karaoke, motiso, ochieng, wepuhulu. Every family has a weakness. Every family has a trace. There's something, a trace that follows that family lineage that you might think it is natural, but it's not natural. It is supernatural. If, if you look at it deeply, you will realize that this thing is supernatural. Open your eyes and just look at your family. You will see something. You will see something. You will see a weakness. Yes, you will see a challenge. You will see a problem. You will see something that you say, hey, wait a minute, this thing is not natural. This thing is supernatural. Yeah, there's, a, there's an invisible force behind this thing. And, and, and if you're casual about it, it will also catch up with you. You understand what I'm talking about? Touch your neighbor and ask them, are you seeing it? Can you see it? Can you see it? No? Can you see it? Let me take you to the Bible so I show you something here very powerful. Abraham lied about his wife Sarah in Genesis chapter 20. Years later, his son Isaac, you know Isaac, the one he got, the child of promise, he was even prophesied. Talk to me, somebody. This was a child of prophecy. He also lied about his wife, Rebecca, in Genesis chapter 26. As if the story is over. It's not yet over. The grandson of Abraham by the name Jacob perfected lying. He became a trickster, supplanter. He even tricked his father-in-law. Tricked his brother, but also tricked his father-in-law. He perfected the art of lying. That's why I'm telling you, every family has a weakness. Abraham is lying, but he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't train his son to lie. But the son also lies. He doesn't even train the grandson to lie, but the grandson also lies. An invisible weakness that you see in this family, that we see in this family. Let's go deeper. David loved ladies. David really loved David, ladies. That when he was told that anybody who kills Goliath, he will be given a free wife. He will not pay dowry. He will not pay taxes. David said, I risk my life for this free lady. Many of these young men who are not married is because they don't have dowry. They are quiet, but it's the truth. <laughs> they see a lady, they love the lady, but when they think about dowry, they say, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> true or not true? Yep. Because when they start doing the calculations, hey, especially if the lady is doing well, they're just wondering what will they be asked. 
The ladies driving a car has a good job. They're just wondering, hey, what will I tell their father? It's true. If they are given an offer of marrying without paying dowry. <laughs> I'm telling you, today they will set the debt for their wedding. <laughs> we shall have mass weddings in the church. <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, dowry is not a joke. For me, I saved for many years to pay dowry. By the time I was paying the dowry, I was not zero. I was negative. <laughs> I didn't even have money for the wedding. Huh? And I even heard my mother-in-law was concerned. She said, where did he get all this money? She was a bit concerned. Because she knew I was a brother of faith. <laughs> oh Lord have mercy David loved ladies and when he was told you, pay, you will not pay dowry oh he risked his life to fight Goliath of course he mentioned God and all those things but also there was a package that also became a motivation yeah, an incentive for him to go and fight and of course he brought you know, Goliath down. But look at his life. He loved ladies. When Nabal died, he didn't think twice. He took his wife and married her. One day he's walking on the balcony. He sees a beautiful woman taking a shower. Actually, she was not beautiful. It's only that she was naked and taking a shower. That's what made her beautiful. Any woman here who is naked and taking a shower and the water is just flowing on her and the water is climbing mountains, going to the valleys. That woman looks beautiful, isn't it? Ah, this church, they are not ready for me today. And the hair, and the water is flowing. The hair. Wow. And then the lady shakes the hair. Hey! Where? Pastor Zef, are you okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is something about water. Isn't it true? There is just something about water on the body. It's very interesting. Even ladies, when they see Alejandro is taking a shower and the water is flowing, going to the six-pack... Oh, Miguel. They get finished. And David is walking, seeing this woman taking a shower. He asks, who is she? You know the story. Follows up, brings her in, sleeps with her, kills the husband. David could kill for a woman. He didn't start with Uriah. He started when he was a boy. You're not getting what I'm saying. He killed Goliath because of a woman. Now he's killing Uriah because of a woman. Women, the things you can make men do.
Fear women. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, fear. <laughs> Do you have time? Come and talk to me. Do you have time we preach this thing? I've seen a man leave his family for another woman. Let me rephrase it. I've seen a man leave his wife with biological children and take another woman who has children with another man. Ladies and gentlemen, fear. Inside, you're very quiet. You don't want me to preach. Fast forward. One of his sons, David's sons, called Amnon, fell in love with his own sister. There was something. <laughs> there was something in the lineage, a weakness in the lineage gets into his son called Amnon and it becomes corrupted. And now he looks at his sister and he says, I want my sister. Then he goes to a, one of his friends and he tells his friend, I'm sick of love. The friend asks him, who are you in love with? He says, I'm in love with my own sister. And because this friend is also corrupted, he tells him, ah, that's easy. Go and pretend you're sick. And then tell your father, the only person who can attend to you when you are sick is your sister. You don't want, tell your father you don't want servants to attend to you. You just want your sister to attend to you. And the father did not know. David did not know. Then the sister is allowed to come into the room to take care of him. And the guy pounces on the sister and reps his own sister. And throws her out. Because initially the, the lust was very strong. But after sleeping with her and raping her, he, 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 he had hatred towards her. And he didn't want anything to do with her. Fast forward. David's son, Solomon. He now perfected the art. By marrying 700 women, wives, and he had 300 concubines. A thousand women, one man. My Lord, there are men who are strong. Me, I have one, and it is not easy. <laughs> A guy has a thousand. And he was so in love with these women that the Bible says they even stole his heart away from God. His soul clave on these women. A thousand. My Lord and my God. A thousand. How is the rotter? Because you only have seven days.
So if it is your turn, you make sure you maximize on the moment because you never know which year. Which year? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pastor. <laughs> you, you never know when you'll be called again. And you can see, it might look natural, but it is supernatural. There, there's something, or rather, let me use the word spiritual. It is spiritual. There, there's something spiritual behind it. That's why I told you, every family has a weakness. You go to families and you see people are just drinking alcohol. They're just drinking alcohol. And it's like part of the family. And, and, and they drink and the children are there playing around and they're drinking. So when these kids also grow up, they will continue drinking. And then they'll also have their children playing around when they're doing what? They're drinking. It is not natural. It is spiritual. Or you go to a family and you just find teen, teen pregnancies. Every girl, when they get to 19, they must have a child. 19 a child, 19 a child, 19 a child, 19 a child, 19 a child. And when I talk about a child, I'm not just talking about girls, even boys. Because when you talk about in pregnancy, we only talk about ladies, but also men are involved. Boys are involved. There are many boys who have pregnanted girls at 19, at 20. And then they disappeared in thin air. Some families you just see... Poverty. Poverty. You can smell it from the door. Poverty. Until the poor call them poor. Look, it is spiritual. That's what I'm telling you. Every family has a weakness. And, and, and if you take it casually, it will catch up with you. Tell your neighbor, open your eyes. And break that stronghold. Hmm, powerful. Psalms chapter 8 or 4. Psalms 8 or 4. Verse number 4. Poverty will not be in your house. I see poverty will not be in your house. Calamity will not be in your house. Early deaths will not be in your house in the name of Jesus. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. By dwelling in God's house, you're already blessed. My goodness, no matter what weakness is in your family, by dwelling in the house of God, by showing up in his presence, you are already blessed. I proclaim by coming today, may you live here loaded with God's blessings in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, it's supernatural. By just being in the house of God, you're already blessed. Give somebody a high five and tell them I'm already blessed. Mm. That's why you should never take coming to the house of God lightly. You're not coming to help the pastor. You're not coming to fill the auditorium so that pastor can have a quorum to preach. You are coming for yourself. And you're coming for your children. You're coming for your lineage. Because there's like a weakness in your family. That you are saying, this one should not catch up with me. It should not catch up with my children. I stop it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
You are already blessed. Look, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. If you're not careful with some things, they will just follow you. Your father was in an rescue. Married your mother in an rescue. Raised you in an rescue. If you're not careful, you'll also get married in an rescue. Raise a family in an rescue. And if you're not careful, your children will also get married in an rescue. You have to break it. I say you have to break it. I'm blessed for being in the house of God. I will go further than where my father reached. I'll go further than where my mother reached. I am blessed. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Look at verse 6. Sit down, you're making me preach. I still have a long way to go. Verse 6, as they passed through the valley of Baca, the valley of Baca, the difficult valley of Baca, they turn it into a stream. Do you know why they turn it into a stream? When you're in the presence of God, you become a blessing carrier. That even your family can look, at the, look like the valley of Baca, but because of you, you introduce streams in your lineage in Jesus' name. There is somebody I prophesy over your life. There is nothing good looking in your family lineage. There is no beauty. It is dry. It's like a desert. But I prophesy for being in God's presence. May you turn your family around into a spring in the name of Jesus. Shout yes in this house. Verse 7. Look at verse 7. <clears throat> they go, sit down, they go from strength to strength. Each one who appears before God in Zion. Hmm. As you appear in Zion, you acquire supernatural strength to keep going. Hallelujah. The stronghold is there, but you will move from strength to strength. The, the, the weakness is in your family, but you, you will move from strength to strength. There is an issue in your lineage, but you, you will move from strength to strength. Why? Because you have appeared before God in Zion. You have appeared in his presence. And so what is plaguing others, it cannot plague you. Because you are too strong. Hmm. You are too strong for it. It, it cannot bring you down. Because as you appear before God, you receive strength. As you appear before God, you receive strength. As you appear before God, you receive strength. As you step in his presence, you receive strength. As you step in his glory, you receive strength. Every time you show up in Zion, you receive strength. And the devil will have a hard time using a stronghold in your family to bring you down. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're, in your family, you, there is immorality, but because you appear before the presence of God, it will not catch up with you. You will be a man of integrity. You will be a woman of integrity. Can I hear a louder amen in this house? You will be a man who is faithful to your wife. You will be a woman who is faithful to her husband. Shout a louder amen. Because you are gaining strength after strength after strength after strength every time you appear. In the presence of God. Tell anybody it's supernatural strength. 
I love this. Receive strength this morning. I say receive supernatural strength this morning. Hallelujah. You will not be like your uncles. You will not be like your aunties who are being picked by the roadside because of alcohol in the name of Jesus. Receive supernatural strength to overcome that stronghold in your family in the name of Jesus. Anyone, everyone who appears, everyone who appears, everyone who appears before God in his presence, they go from strength to strength. Number three. What is in the presence of God that shatters strongholds? It is the word of God. The word of God is in the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God, you are exposed to God's word. When you're in the presence of God, you interact with God's word. The word of God, ladies and gentlemen, destroys strongholds and deconstructs a wrong dominant mindset in us. We begin to develop a biblical mindset and a godly worldview. Genesis chapter 17 is a story of a man by the name Abraham. And there was a stronghold in his family. A serious stronghold. His wife was barren. Was not able to give birth. The Bible says when Abraham was 99 years old. And look at even his age. He has waited for a child all these years. Now he's 99. The wife is past childbearing age. No child. A stronghold in the family. Study the life of Abraham and you realize that Abraham did not come from a very easy um, kind of a life. It was a difficult life. He had lost his brother and he had to raise the child. He lost his father. Things were very hard and he had to move. God told him, move. Come out of that area. Come out of your family. Come out of your country. And now he's waiting. There's a stronghold of barrenness. And later on you can see that that stronghold also that stronghold also followed his son, Isaac. Isn't it? And also followed Jacob. Stronghold. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Verse 2. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Now, the Lord appeared to him. The presence of God showed up in his life. Despite the stronghold that was prevalent in his life, the presence of God showed up in his life. And when God showed up in his life, God began to speak to him. And I will make my covenant between me and you and I will multiply you exceedingly. Abraham, there is a stronghold in your life, but hear the word of the Lord. I will multiply you exceedingly. Verse 3. Then Abraham failed. On his face. And God talked with him saying. Because he recognized that he was in the presence of God. You see when you're in the presence of God. Even your posture should change. You should be humble. You should have humility. Because you're not coming to the presence of a man. You are coming to the presence of God. Tell your neighbor your attitude has to change. And many believers who come to church casually. 
You're coming into the presence of God. You must have a heart of humility. You must be broken because you are coming to appear before God. Look at Abraham. He fell down when God was speaking to him. Verse 3. Go back to verse 3. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, verse 4. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. And you shall be a father of many, of many. Mark you, how old was he? 99. <laughs> 99. Ask your how old are you? Some of you look already tired. Abraham at 99, God tells him, Abraham, I know there is a stronghold, but because my presence has showed up in your life, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Verse 5. Oh, no longer shall your name be called Abraham. I'm even changing your name, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. What does verse 6 say? I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. The word of God exploded in the life of Abraham when he was in the presence of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't just come to church to listen to a nice speech. You are coming to listen to the word of God that will turn around your stronghold. You are coming to hear the voice of God speaking through his servant to shatter every stronghold in your life. And I'm not just here blowing hot air. I am preaching to you the word of God that is able to demolish every stronghold in your life. The more you expose yourself to the presence of God, the more you expose to the word of God, and the more you expose to the word of God, the more strongholds are destroyed in your life. I wish I can get an amen in this house. Jump over to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. Take me there quickly. Then the Lord appeared to who? To who? To Abraham. By the terrible. Are you talking to me or you're quiet? Oh? The Lord appeared to who? To Abraham. By the terrible trees of Mamre. As he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the, door, in the, heat of the day. Now God, Pastor Zeph, he comes to his house. The presence of God comes to the house of Abraham to sort out a stronghold oh, that has been in this family for years. May you have a visitation. You're not, you're not ready for my preaching this morning. I say may you have a visitation of Jehovah God in your house in the name of Jesus. May angels come May the Holy Ghost come. May the power of God come. May the presence of God come to your house in the name of Jesus. Shout a louder amen in this house. God decides, let's go and visit Abraham. 
there is a stronghold in his family that we have to deal with. Wow. And so Abraham is seated there. He lifted up his eyes. Sit down. He lifted up his eyes. Sit down, sit down, sit down. He lifted up his eyes. And he looked. And behold. Now, go back to verse 1. I love the word of God. I'm the only one enjoying my message, but it's fine. The Lord appeared to him. To who? To Abraham. By the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door, in the heat of the day. So, from verse 1, we are are made to understand that it is the Lord that is visiting Abraham. Then verse 2. So, this Lord that is visiting Abraham, he appears in the form of man. But he is the Lord. It is a theophany, the appearances of God through human form. And he appears to him. Because, you see, God is a spirit. If he comes here as a spirit, you might not even understand him. So he has to humble himself to your level so that you understand that it is God who has visited you. My Lord and my God, help me preach this morning. So he lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, three represents the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. They stood by him and he ran from the tent door to meet them. And he bowed himself himself to the ground. Why did he bow? Because he understood that he was not standing before men, he was standing before God. He had a revelation that the presence of God has just come into his house. And he said, my Lord, look at what even he said, my Lord, my Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, let me pause and ask you a question. Some of you, have you missed the visitation of God because you are not sensitive in your spirit when God visited your house? Have you? Abraham was so sensitive. He even says, my Lord. He didn't say, you people, where are you coming from and where are you going? He understood this was the Lord. My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. He's pleading with the Lord. Verse 4. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. I want to minister to you. Because I sense you're not just human beings. This is Emmanuel. This is God. God has come to my house. I'm 99 years old. And God has visited me. I must maximize on this moment. And I'll bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by. And then as much as you have come to your servant, they say, do you... Sorry. And as... You have come to your servant. Okay, and I'll bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your heart. After that, you may pass by in as much as you have come to your servant. Then they said, do as you have said. Abraham runs, verse 6. Please go with me. And I will. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah, the wife. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's why as a wife, when your husband tells you God has spoken, Don't say, go and tell him to also come and talk to me. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, fear women. Uh 
So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, Sarah, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. Verse 7, Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender. Look, he's running. He's running. He's not coming to church the way some of you come to church. Oh, you're quiet. Ask your neighbor, what time did you come to church today? Because some of you are thinking, I'm just coming because I have to come. Look, you are coming into the presence of God. I pray that the attitude of Abraham will catch up with you in the name of Jesus. You will run into the house of God. You will run into his presence. Abraham is running. He's almost breaking his leg because he knows that God is here temporarily. If I delay, I might come back and find he has left. He's running. He's telling Sarah, quick, 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 fix something. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and a good calf. He even chose the best, the best offering, the sweetest offering, tender calf, because he didn't want God to struggle with the meat and the bones. No, he wants him to enjoy the meal. There are people, if they bring you beef, get ready because it's going to be warfare. The way you'll be dancing with the bone, trying to get meat out of it. Abraham looked for tender and a good calf. He went for the salon steak. Mm, very soft and tender. And gave it to a young man. And he told him, Hassan, prepare it. Verse 8. So he took butter. And milk. And the calf. Which he had prepared. You see, when you come into the presence of God, you have to be generous. Ah, but yes, he may go weak. I say when you come into the presence of God, you have to be generous. He takes butter. He takes milk. And a calf which he had prepared. And he set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree as they watched. As they ate, rather. He, he, he stood at a distance. Do you know what that means? He didn't want to become familiar with the presence of God. He didn't also go and, 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 and also sit around them and say, let I imagine to now uh, we, we, we eat together. No! Because he knew this was the Lord. And he knew this was the, this was the Lord's meal. Somebody say, the Lord's meal. Shout it louder, the Lord's meal. If you understand this principle, you will not eat your tithe. Because you understand the tithe is not yours to eat. Some of you, the tithe, instead of presenting to the Lord, you are the one at the table. You have washed your hands. It is the Lord who is standing by the tree, watching you do what? Eat what belongs to him. Abraham was different. Brought the food, stood at a distance, said, Lord, enjoy it. That's my tithe, enjoy it. That's my offering, enjoy it. That's my sacrifice to you, enjoy it. Then, as they were eating, they say to him, where? 
Where is the woman who is carrying the stronghold that has been in this family for years? Where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, here in the tent, verse 10. Hmm. And he said, I will certainly. Now the word is being released in his presence. The word of God is being released. A prophetic proclamation is being released in the presence of God. He says, I will return, I will certainly return to you according to the time of her life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. She's there. She's not, around, she's somewhere. Moshene. Ladies, Moshene is very sweet, isn't it? Come on, ladies, talk to me. Ladies, Moshene is very sweet, isn't it? Yeah, she's wondering who are these three men who have come. And then she goes and she's listening to what they're talking about. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Verse 12. Look at how she responded. Therefore, Sarah. While she's behind the tent. <laughs> she laughed within herself. Say, after I have grown old, all these years I've waited, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure? Huh? My Lord being old also. That phrase is loaded. She's... She, Did you get it? I don't have to explain it, isn't it? You got it? I mean, say, Pastor, I got it. I got it. Ah! <laughs> In short, she was saying, I, my, my, my body is not even there. I, I'm, I'm like a flat battery. Even if Abraham touches me, nothing will happen. I'm a tree. Old. That's why those people who are married and you are young, do this thing now. A time will come, you'll be looking at your wife and you, she looks like your sister. Praise the Lord. Have you swallowed your medicine? Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> or you even get to a place you can't recognize her. I went to visit a couple, very elderly. They, they don't even know each other. They live in the same house, but they don't even know each other. The wife doesn't know this is the husband. The husband doesn't know this is the wife. Sarah says, I don't even have the pleasure anymore. It cannot happen. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did your, why did your wife Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Verse 14. Is anything too hard? Is anything too hard, ladies and gentlemen? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm asking you a question. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? When you step in the presence of God, nothing, absolutely nothing is too difficult for our God. And the Bible says at the appointed time I will return to you according to the time of her life. And Sarah shall have a son. This word was released when the presence of God came into the house of Abraham. So you have to always be in his presence because when you're in his presence, his word, his word 
His word, his word will be released in your life. And that will shatter the stronghold that is in your life in the name of Jesus. May this word I'm preaching today shatter every stronghold in your life in the name of Jesus. Where there are no children, may there be children. Where there are no riches, may there be riches. Where there is sicknesses and diseases, let there be healing in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and celebrate the word of God. Let me give you the last one, number four. Where the presence of God is, there is the fire of God. And the fire of God consumes and shatters strongholds. Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 29, the Bible says, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces. So in his presence, his word is like a fire. Acts chapter 2, verse 3, the Bible says, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each and every one of them. When the presence of God came to the upper room, it came like fire. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 2, when Moses was taking care of his uh, father-in-law's flock, the priest of Midian, he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. Second Kings chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha. From Gilgal, verse 11. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with hoses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a wild wind into heaven. So you can see that where the presence of God is, there is also fire. Where God appears, the fire of God also appears. Amos chapter 1, verse 9. Amos chapter 9. That says the Lord. Can we read together? That says the Lord for three transgressions of Tyre and for four. I will not turn away its punishment because they delivered up the whole captivity of, of the whole captivity to Edom and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. That was their sin. They were betrayers. And God says, I must punish them. Verse 10, but I will send what? Shout it louder. I will send. I can't hear you. Shout it louder. I will send upon the wall of Tyre, which shall devour its palaces. God says, I'm going to send my, my fire on the wall that is surrounding the city of Tyre. And that wall, that fire rather, it will even get to their palaces and devour their palaces. A palace is a very fortified place. A palace is like, is like state house. You understand? A palace is like state house. It is fortified. It's like a stronghold. You know, recently we went to state house. Recently, I went to State House. Look at the jealous people who are not happy for me. I went to State House recently, and I was so surprised how heavily 
the place is guarded. It's so guarded heavily, right from the gate. Guarded. And before we went there, they even cleared the roads for us. I was part of the entourage. You know, we, we were taking Bishop Doug to go and see the president. So there was, there was an escort, police escort, together with us. And they were clearing the road for us. Let me tell you, that's when I understood what power is. From the airport, I was part of the entourage. We got to the expressway. Huh? You know, when I'm on my own, I've been paying for <laughs> expressway. But this time, by the time we got there, they had already opened. We didn't even stop. We were just flying. Shop. Shop. The guys were driving. We also drive. Pastor, Pastor Saif was the one driving me. That's why it's good to serve a pastor. Because you get into places that you might not get by your own. So he went to State House. And he really took a lot of photos. <laughs> you know. It's a blessing. <laughs> the roads were cleared. We went, we went, we went, we went, we went. They go to a place. We got out of the expressway. We went to this ordinary road. Hey. They were telling people, get. I saw how cars were parked by the roadside and we were just passing. I was saying, power is very sweet. No wonder everybody wants that seat. I think even me now, I want it. <laughs> Few minutes, we were at State House. Few minutes, State House. Entered. When I stepped into that place, I told Pastor Mary, eh, how do you feel? I feel power. <laughs> I feel power. From the gate, you feel power. It's a no-flying zone. You will never see an aircraft up there. Some of you are you're living. <laughs> Every plane. Your house is shaking. It's a no-flying zone. 45, security all over, cameras, protocol. And you, you are told, go here, come here, come here, give us your phone, shut your phone. Oh, hey. Power, you feel power. And I was sitting there and I say, wow. See him by? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be there. I prophesy you'll be there in the name of Jesus. Anyway, look, the palace was fortified, was like a stronghold. But the Bible says God will send his fire. A stronghold is a fortified mindset within us. But let me tell you, when you step into the presence of God, the fire of God consumes it. The fire of God brings it down. Give me that scripture again so that these people can see what I'm saying. Give me that scripture again. But I will send a fire. Read with me. But I will send a fire upon uh -huh, which shall I prophesy every stronghold that has been like a palace in your mind, in your family. May the fire of God devour it in the name of Jesus. 
Shout aloud, yeah. yeah. Every stronghold, like a fortress in your life, in your lineage, may the fire of God, from the presence of God, devour it in the name of Jesus. Shout aloud, amen. Every stronghold of disease, every stronghold of sicknesses, every stronghold of curses, every stronghold of poverty that is like a palace in your mind and in your life. May the fire of God divide it in the name of Jesus. Shout aloud, amen. Give somebody high five and tell them it's coming down. The wall is coming down. The stronghold is coming down. The fire of God is melting every stronghold in your life in the name of Jesus. Shout, yeah. Shout, a Holy Ghost, yeah. Give somebody a high five and tell them it's coming down. It's coming down. It's coming down. Shout, yeah. While you're standing, the Bible says in Hosea chapter 8 and verse 14. Hosea chapter 8 and verse 14. Give me the scripture quickly. Hosea chapter 8 verse 14. For Israel has forgotten his maker and has built temples. Judah also has multiplied fortified cities. But I will send fire. Oh yes. I will send fire upon his cities. And it shall devour his palaces. Every temple, every stronghold, every fortress, diabolic fortress, the enemy has established in your life. I send the fire of God from the presence of God to destroy it in the name of Jesus. Shout aloud, Amen. Psalms chapter 97 verse 1. Give me the scripture again. It's my last scripture. Then we pray. Psalms chapter 97. The Bible says, look at your neighbor and tell them, we are releasing fire. I say we are releasing fire. May that fire consume every stronghold in your life in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the mountains, let the multitude of isles be glad. Verse 2. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Verse 3. A fire. Ooh, glory to God. I say a fire. I say a fire. Goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. Every stronghold that has become an enemy, that has besieged your life, that has surrounded your life, we release the fire of God from the presence of God to consume it in the name of Jesus. Shout yes. Shout a louder yeah. Verse number four. Are you with me, somebody? His lightings light the world. The earth sees and the earth does what? Shoot, trembles. The mountains melt like works at the presence 
of the Lord. Why are they melting at the presence of the Lord? Because melting takes place when the temperatures begin to rise. And temperatures can never rise without... Oh! Yes! May the temperature, may the fire, may the degrees of the fire of the Holy Ghost begin to rise in your family, begin to rise in your life, and may every stronghold melt in the presence of the Lord. Shout yeah! Give high ten to ten people and tell them it's melting, it's melting, it's melting, it's melting, it's melting. Is melting, is melting. The stronghold is melting. The disease is melting. The sickness is melting. The challenge is melting. The problem is melting. In the name of Jesus, is melting, 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 like wax. Oh yes, it's melting in the name of Jesus. That disease is melting. That sickness is melting. That challenge is melting. That problem is melting. Poverty is melting. Stagnation is melting. Curses are melting. Retrogression is melting. Somebody shout yes. If you believe it's melting, clap your hands and give him a shout. Is melted. Is melted because of the fire of God. Hallelujah! Is melting in Jesus' name. There's somebody here as I'm speaking. Things are melting. Things are melting. Things are melting. Things are melting. In your bloodline, they are melting. The mountains are melting. The strongholds are melting. Because of the fire of God. Why don't you clap your hands for a minute. And give God a shout. 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 Hey! Hey! Glory to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.